Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Welcome back to the Flurry Sports Podcast. Things are buzzing here in Wisconsin, Jake. Wisconsin football at an all-time high ish like Packers are good surprisingly Wisconsin loses to Brett Bielema of all people Brett Bielema that's like that's the one sin we can't get past you can do whatever the fuck you want if you lose to Brett Bielema Paul Christ you're fired you're out of here and uh it's weird what's your opinion on the entire thing it's weird right but I think the timing is weird first off welcome thanks for joining us uh and we just jump into it yeah, coming close, coming close. Not you, Illinois fans. Take a fucking mic. Hit the bricks. Here's what I realized. Uh, this this is my takeaway from the whole thing. Illinois is where the people we hate go to die. It's where they sent Lovey Smith when the Bears couldn't take him anymore. It's when yeah. Brett Bielema went when Pig Suey gave up on him. <laughs> Tough break. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I'm always going to, like, Who's going to end up there next? Brett Favre's going to coach Illinois oh. after Brett Bielema. <laughs> True. Maybe Brad Childers. Ooh, Brad Childers is a good call. Where is he? I just saw him. Probably at a hardware store. <laughs> I think it was IHOT. No. <laughs> I don't okay. Back at Wisconsin. Uh, there was some Jim Let- Leonard quotes you want to talk about. You talk about that. Yeah. I want to look at Brad Childers. I'm just curious. Okay. I miss him. So... In case you didn't know, they fired Paul Christ for two years now. And this is like as gossipy as Badger fans get. Because I think we like like Paul Christ. But every Badger fan would be like, you know, if he decided to do anything else, it would kind of be nice. be pretty awesome if Jim Leonard could become our head football coach. Uh, Jim Leonard, by the way, maybe the best defensive coordinator of the country has been for a while. Everyone's kind of been like, our defense is great. The rest of our team, ugh. and uh, he's turned down all these other jobs. So he ends up in a place where he ends up being the interim coach. Uh, and so the McIntosh, who replaced Chris with Leonard, already said, um, we're lucky to have Jimmy, which was a weird call to call him Jimmy. Um, but we're lucky to have Jimmy. Uh, he's definitely going to be a candidate for the final position. But for now, we're just lucky to have him on staff and have someone capable of taking on that responsibility. And then Leonard had to deal – one, the players are kind of against it, like Braylon Allen, the, the surprisingly 18-year-old running back. Uh, if you've ever seen the picture of him, said anyone who wanted Coach Chris gone isn't part of the team. So there's definitely some animosity. Um, but listen to some of these quotes by Leonard. Uh, the day was very emotional. He credited Chris for hiring with zero coaching experience. He called it a dream coming out of a nightmare. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Which is a little weird. Um, but he also said, this place means a lot to me. I became who I am at the University of Wisconsin in this football program. I feel like I can take this opportunity and help this place 
uh, grow. That's why I came back a number of year ago, a number of years ago. Why I haven't left. This is definitely a dream come true. Mm. Okay, calling it a nightmare is a little weird. That's a little strong. <laughs> he had to have like been like, "Ooh, that's not what I meant." Well, now we know why they didn't fire Chris before, right? Because I think like Leonard would have maybe felt conflicted on it. That's what I'm taking out of this is like, I think you had to do it mid-year so that it could be an interim thing. Because now the players won't, I don't think the players will resent Leonard the way they would if it was maybe off season. I think he gets a chance to just do it almost for himself. Like the fans are going to be so on board, but Leonard is almost like, he has other quotes in here of like, I haven't decided if I'm going to call the plays on defense or not anymore. I'm still figuring it out, but I'm excited to learn. Like he's so <laughs> giddy. And then he's like, it's a nightmare. Like he's just like really trying to like ham it up. I am sad, but I'm so, so giddy. Like it's just a weird time for Jim Leonard. Um, it's similar, I guess, to the Wisconsin basketball thing in a way, but I mean, Bo Ryan did it himself. Like he did it in a way so he could specifically hand the job over to who he wanted, which was Greg Gard. I think yeah. the Wisconsin athletic program did it in this way. They fired Chris too soon, like just to be clear. Yeah. But but they did it right now to give Leonard like as much of a interview process as possible because they like it's his job to lose very clearly. Like they want him to earn this job. And all he has to do, I said this to somebody today, literally the only thing Jim Leonard has to do to win this job is beat Minnesota. And like he could lose every other game. If he beats Minnesota, it's his job. So that's the one game we're paying attention to. Also, really quick, Jake, uh, Brad Childress, last time we saw him was 2019 as a senior offensive assistant for the Chicago Bears. So he's already gone to Illinois and died. Rest in peace. I miss oh, him. It I miss is where him. we send our graveyard. It's unbelievable. Who else ends up there? Who else is on Wisconsin's shit list? I don't know, but bring, maybe Brad Childress comes back to Wisconsin, though. Jason Kidd. Has he ended up there yet? <laughs> he should. He should. Uh, who is – oh, get your Michael Finley there. Maybe Bostic. Get all those bastards. Um, <laughs> but I don't – like this situation is set up so perfectly for Jim Leonard to succeed. And like Paul Chris deserved to be fired. However, I think almost zero of the problems were him. Like their offensive line is terrible. The offensive line coach is terrible. That's his problem. Uh, but they're still recruiting guys. They're just not coaching them up. And if you don't have an offensive line, then you can't run the football and you can't pass protect from Mertz. So that's where it sucks. However, because I think Paul Chris is possibly one of the best offense coordinators in the entire country, but he's also not calling plays, which is bullshit. However, Jim Leonard played so long in the NFL. He knows so many former players. I like I think the bright side were for Wisconsin fans. This actually surprisingly could be a flashy job for like a flashy young former player candidate to be the offensive coordinator because if they can get one year with Graham Mertz and make Graham Mertz something which he, they should be able to do, that's going to like stamp their career for the rest of time. Like they're going to be like I got this guy to do this. He's now in the NFL because he's an NFL level quarterback. So if you're a Wisconsin Badger fan, like, quite literally, they could recruit. Ooh, I wonder if there's overlap. Maybe they get Josh McCown. That's Give me Josh McCown. Good. I want Josh McCown. <laughs> Let him play quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, it's interesting because like it's one of those weird things where like the main reason we wanted Jim Leonard as coach was so that we didn't lose Jim Leonard. Yeah. Like it was like we just like wanted him head coach so no one else poached him. Like I, I'm not like I don't necessarily think like you said he's a defensive guy and our defense is already really really good. I do feel like, dude, if Jim Leonard tried to recruit me, I'd be thrilled, right? I feel like he's going to yeah. be good at recruiting. Talk about really all those good. stories with uh, Joe Flacco. True, he's going to be a better recruiter than Crest for sure. Like Chris, Ooh, by has- all accounts, was a pretty decent recruiter. But he was a decent recruiter, and I think he's a good coach, but he is one of the most bland motherfuckers of all time. His name like, Paul. Who's the most exciting Paul on the face of the earth? McCartney? Ooh, Ooh Ringo. <laughs> that song sounded like ass. You know, that's classic Paul quote. Probably, and he's that's a pretty bland. Cool. He's the most bland Beatle. He's got a, yeah. Every once in a while, he like... Paul Mark, Abdul. Maybe, maybe Paul Paul, Paul Ladine. Uh, oh, Triple H, Paul Levesque. Yeah, uh, he got rid of the Paul though. <laughs> That's true. That's uh, why he's so good. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna type in most famous Paul. Who do you think it is? <laughs> the Bible. Same. Um, the Ringer.com, a definitive ranking of famous people named Paul. Thank you, Ringer. Jesus Number one, Christ. Jake. Paul McCartney. Number two. Is there no number two? Is it just one? Reverse order. Paul Thomas Anderson. Do you know who that is? One more time. Paul something Anderson? Paul Thomas Anderson? I don't know who that is. Um, oh, he's a he's a director. Who cares? He did Boogie Nights. Whatever. Who cares? Number three, Paul Walker. I don't get the fascination with Paul Walker, but he's number three. Number four, Paul Newman. Family, you know? He is he is family. Number five, I am down with this one. Paul the body Giamatti. I love me some Paul Giamatti, dude. <laughs> I love him. He's the greatest. He's That's number right. one. He's the body. The body. Giamatti. Paul Rudd's seven. Paul Rudd's a good one. I love Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's great. That and he's a Paul. <laughs> yeah, he is a Paul. You're right. Paul Jake, Paul Revere only number nine. I think that's too low for Paul Revere. Sleeper. Paul Revere's name being Paul kind of took me by surprise there because I've have you ever heard him called like just Paul? Like not no. saying Revere immediately after, like it just sounds like one full name. That's like uh there was a guy I knew from college college who i only heard referred to as steve anani and like one time i was like trying to write him a letter and it was like mr anani and then someone was like no his name is steven <laughs> and i was like oh shit i just it just all runs together i can't tell where it stops and starts very very true who's paul the octopus is that the one that predicts the world series oh uh, yeah it is Number 10. Hmm. Okay. Well, so final thoughts, I guess, of Paul Christ, who must have been 11. He didn't make the list. Like, what? what's your thought? As a Badger fan, I would say you're probably happy, right? I'm happy. I'm with you that, like, well, one, I'm just not 
ever like a dude just losing his job because the team's mediocre is always sad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with college programs and the way college football is going, I'm happy out of necessity. Like I like right now, I don't. I think it's a scary time for college football teams to get bad. Like when we're getting into like monopolization, monopolization territory of conferences. Like I think you have to stay relevant. You have to stay competitive recruiting. So I think it was going to get scary if Badgers like became bad for a sustained amount of time. Leonard maybe doesn't fix that, but I think he could help. So I'm excited. I was afraid we were going to eventually lose Leonard and maybe we still will, but I think that's good. Also, I've been out on them since they lost. Dude, college football sucks right now because I just can't. They lose one game to Washington State, and I'm like, see you next year. Jesus Christ. They could have won the whole year, and they still would have been ranked six overall. Seeing the Cotton Bowl. Fuck's sake. We're going to Pasadena again. Can't wait. You said that with so much anger. (laughs) See you in the Cotton Bowl motherfuckers dude kansas it, it's a kansas state thing it's a hangover from when i was at kansas state every year hearing oklahoma going we still go to the cotton bowl and i'm like fuck you we beat you <laughs> um show up to a, a little apple see what happens then huh go cats baby yeehaw emaw so much pride yeah. this is i'm gonna build jim leonard's staff ready for this defensive coordinator Bring in Rex Ryan, his former defensive coordinator. Could you imagine him on the sidelines for the Badgers? He'd be fucking electric. Bring Rob. Get Rex and Rob down there. It'll be awesome. Oh They'll be starting fights on State Street all the time. Offensive coordinator. Get Mark Brunell. Coaching for the Lions right now. He'll come down to be the offensive coordinator for the Badgers. And then you got Jim Leonard kind of roaming the side. Bring Dan Campbell, too. He can come down on Saturdays. It'll be that. that's, a, that's one. That's a good one there. And also... To your point about the Badger Sea and the Cotton Bowl after losing a game right away, here's my question to you. And I actually did think about this this week. I think college football might be the only sport in the planet where they lose viewership and interest by the week. Like, I think week one and two is more exciting and has more fans and more people invested than the college football playoff. Or even the final. That is interesting. And doesn't get it back. That's the big one because I was gonna yeah. say, um, right? Yeah, college basketball does that. Yeah, college basketball. Well, no one even knows college basketball is happening until February, March. They go. Phew. It's a big day on the first day where everyone's playing on the tanker. You don't care about that day where they're playing all over the place. They really should mop the floors. They're just slipping and tearing ACLs out there. It's fun. It's fun to watch. But yeah. Yeah. Um, that is fair. It and here's the big thing: they needed the extended playoffs. That's going to be cool because I don't know it'll how they help. It'll help, but it's still like viewership goes like this the entire time for college football. It'll help a lot though because more games will have stakes. True, it'll for sure help. But even still, if the Badgers still lose to Washington State week one or week two. There is a section of the of the fans, me included, a lot of the time, where I'm like, okay, see you next year. Well, like, literally, I, I'm, I'm done. I don't care anymore. Well, that makes sense, but don't you think? And maybe eight's not the magic number, but I think the biggest thing is they've created a culture where 
it doesn't matter what Clemson does. They still are always ranked in the top five. Like it took them four losses last year before they were unranked. It was unfucking believable. It took them three before they were out of the top ten. Dabo was just slumping. If they won their last nine games, they could have been in the playoff. Like if they started zero yeah. and two, they would have ended up there. And that's that's unforgivable to me. Of like, like the reputation of the teams means too much. So I need more teams because that's what make March Madness good is. I'm not sitting there going, ooh, are the Jayhawks going to make it? Like, that's like the Jayhawks are in. I'm just wondering, who, will they beat somebody or will they get beat? Like, I don't have to sit there and go, you know, basketball could be the same thing. Like, oh, my God, Michigan State, Kansas, Duke are all in it again. Who would have thought? Like, that's the biggest thing is, like, when I have to give four spots to Bama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State every year, it blows. I mean, it's still going to be the same thing, though. But there's four more teams. One of those can be Tulsa. Notre Dame. Uh, it'll be USC now. Uh, maybe They didn't Michigan even make it lucky. before. They, they're, my under, they're my underdog. USC? They're not an underdog. And Michigan. <laughs> Go Wolves. <laughs> yep. Um, there's going to be one big, you know, the Bearcats are going to get in. Nah, Cincinnati does not deserve ever to sniff a playoff again. They they ruined gold fronts. Sure, I'll take them. But like, what I think college football needs, Jake, is us. Obviously, however, what they truly need is because college basketball they have the automatic bid thing. If you win your conference tournament and even the small tournaments, you make it in, then you're in the dance. There's no way to do that for football if you're just going by the outcome of games. So I think they need to have like a skills competition or something in a couple weeks, like prior to the playoff where some team, some player can earn his team, his school an automatic bid. I think that's what we need. And if it, for some reason it's Arkansas state hitting the 80 yard net, throwing the football, somehow they got lucky and did it. doesn't matter. They're in and maybe they'll face Alabama and you never know. I think it'd be fun. (laughs) I think we should kind of get back. I hated it when it happened. Now I kind of miss it. Can we kind of get back to what we had to do when it was only two teams made the national championship, which is we had to do like detective work on who teams beat. Like, (laughs) I think we should pick a top four going in, but if you beat them, you're in, you know, because before we had to be like, who are the top two teams? Well, Oklahoma only beat Florida by seven points, and they lost Alabama by 52. So it can't be Oklahoma. That Those are the days I miss when we were doing, like, comparative math. And Boise's field was blue. That's Those are the days I miss. <laughs> those are the days. Um, yeah, I think, I think they had it right. Let's bring back the BCS. I want all just bowl games. I think that was – I had more fun then. I just want bowl games. I don't need a playoff. I don't need a full championship. Everyone knows the Tostitos Fiesta, whatever, is the big dog. But you know what? We don't need to say it. We don't need to put a label on it. I'll say it. I miss Kellen Moore at Boise State. <laughs> I, I miss when the big boys were bucking, you know? I miss when I could watch and hold my hopes up that, like, maybe no one can beat the horny toads of TCU. The uncrowned champions. They only didn't win the championship that year because they didn't get a chance to play, Zach. 
True. Andy Dalton was good. Andy Dalton with TCU was a fucking problem. Everyone knows it. I, I don't know why I need to be the one to say it. But, Jake, there's other things that we are the only ones to say. And that is every single week we have a segment that is called Sometimes people just need to be put in their place. Sometimes people are really good and they get notoriety. But when people are the absolute worst, we also need to shine a light on them. And the one that I had actually happened today, and that is I went to Quick Trip, Jake, as you do. Let's just talk about Play the music. (laughs) Yeah, fuck Quick Trip. Uh, I pull in alongside someone at the same time in their car. Pull up to get some gas. So I get out of my car, I put my car in, do whatever. And I look behind me and the woman in her rusted out minivan gets out, lights a cigarette. And I'm like, nope. And I, God, we're filling up gas and she's lighting a cigarette. I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh. I fucking peeled it out of there. I'm like, I, with me, what went through your head? Like what exactly went through your head? Because I know what did. What do you think that I, I it might Zoolander. It immediately happened. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I was so pissed off. I'm like, it was a dumb feeling thinking back on it. The actual feeling, if I could summarize exactly what the feeling was, it was like, not today. <laughs> That's kind of what was my thought. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't want this to happen today. Not right now. I felt inconvenienced. As someone who works with college students for a living, that's a really relatable feeling. Yeah, yeah. Except for mine was. I mean, yours was life or death. Mine is usually I get text messages at three in the morning of like someone throws craft singles to the window. What do we do? And I'm like, (laughs) not today. God damn it. I knew it would happen, but not like this, you know. Yeah, but I had that exact same feeling though. I think it's on similar levels, blowing up a gas station, killing everyone there, and peeling off craft singles. But Jake, that is not the, I also, another one, I almost did myself actually too, but I didn't want to do myself two weeks in a row. And I'll say why, Uh, you know, hopefully everyone is doing okay with the hurricane in Florida and everywhere else, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't know the hurricane's name. And then the news report comes out and it's like hurricane, you know, whatever, like here's the news report. And I read the, the name spelled I A N. I read it as Hurricane Ian. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I hate me. I'm the worst. Like this is fucking pretentious fuck. Well, Ian, that's the worst. But no, you have something worse, Jake. Lay it on us. It's a crossover from last week, Zach, because the rivalry builds. I <laughs> I've I've got issues with the I don't think so podcast. I need to nominate Hannah and Emily, and their ears are perking up because we're talking about them which I think is the only time they listen to this goddamn show. They love it. Yeah, they do love it. They do love it. You should too. Uh, but they've got a great podcast, unfortunately. It's really funny. You should go mm-hmm. listen to it. But here's the thing, Zach. They're getting out of control. <laughs> Not only is their podcast blowing up, uh, Emily wore a flurry sports shirt to the farm this weekend and then joked about covering it with duct tape that said, I don't think so, which... You know, brand takeover. Uh, but here's a, where they're just absolute menaces, okay? They're all over our dating lives, Zach. Not just me, but you as well. 
I didn't uh. tell you this part coming out to the show, but I got grilled about your love life for like half an hour <laughs> this weekend. And all I could be like was, we don't talk about it. Like I was like, I could show you the text where I'm talking about <laughs> Pat McAfee tapes and <laughs> whether or not two is the worst guy on planet earth. I can't show you like, you know, I don't know anything. But one, they were like, so first it started off this way. I was like, this was bad enough already. They were like, we know on this weekend, Zach has plans from X to X, but no one knows what it is. <laughs> Who's okay. he going with? And they're like, we need you to ask him. And I was like, you already know more about it than I do. And they're like, but it'll be suspicious if we do it. So I'm blowing it up on air. Because they've got like, I was like, and how? this is where I like lost my mind. Because I was like, how do you, like, why do you think it's a date? And they're like, well, we've already <laughs> like talked to this person and that person, and we don't think it could be anything else. We've already cross-referenced. I asked this question. It's got to be a date. So I was like, all right, well, one, fuck you. <laughs> Go talk to him yourself. Because I was also like, listen, I know that if I snitch on Zach, you know, snitching's a two-way street, you know? You got to stay True. strong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but then this happens. Eh? I went on a date this Saturday, and I went on a date – to Dallas, Wisconsin. Do you know where Dallas is? I've heard of it because that confused me the first time I saw it written somewhere. Yeah, the middle of fucking nowhere. If you don't know where it is, I went yeah. there. It was a lovely time. I had a great time. And not only did Han and Emily manage to weasel their way into information somehow, they didn't even have the balls to do it themselves, Zach. Because I turn the corner at Dallas, Wisconsin, and I see Corvettes and Mustangs as far as the eye can see. I've wandered into a car shop. Oh, no. I know who's there. It's only one <laughs> sure enough, I'm, I'm walking with the person I'm on a date with, and I go, man, Dan would love this. And then I look over, and his <laughs> husband, Dan, is staring me dead in the eyes. I was like, fucking narc. You fucking, I, it's unbelievable. They're everywhere, man. Bloody dad, he's there. <laughs> Bloody dad. Never been happier to see someone, by the way. I love dad, of course, but it was just like, dude, <laughs> come on. Like, I'm like, where do I got to go? Where I can like, <laughs> yeah. and of course I see Hannah and Emily the next day. And I was like, did Dan tell you that I saw him yesterday? Hannah goes, he waited 30 seconds for you to walk away. And then he called. He called, not even a text. Like, you need to see this. FaceTime. <laughs> the uh, worst. They've got spies everywhere. They do. I don't, they cover so much ground. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That's why Hannah and Emily. You're the worst. Also, just if you have a question, ask me. My girlfriend and I are going to Apple Fest. There you go. Have fun with that. Let's see who's at Apple Fest now. <laughs> got to check the corners. Look at the shadows. Dude, your there. mom listens to this show. She's gonna have a conniption. Fucking, she's watching my dog. What else could it be? That's part of the. I didn't know how much we were gonna talk about. So that was the part I left out. That was how come they knew. It's because Moose Moose is a snitch. Moose, Moose damn it! If you can't trust Moose and Bloody Dan, who can you trust? No kidding. I thought they, those were the two most loyal ones in the bunch. Next thing you're gonna tell me is I can't tell Connor nothing either. <laughs> okay. Um, that segment was maybe for a handful of people, but I thought it was funny. I think. Here's the thing. Type in "I don't think so" podcast. 
go listen to their conspiracy theory podcast, which again, as much as we hate to say it, is great. I haven't listened to the episode coming up this week yet, so I haven't heard if they've responded to our last show yet um, because they didn't do it at the time before because they didn't listen to our show quick enough. That's how we can figure out if they actually listen to us at this point. But if you go listen to their show, you'll understand what we're talking about here. I think if it's everything, it give you give you more context into their mind and their words. And by the way, before you listen to this show coming up, I've listened to five minutes of their show so far. And it starts with saying, oh, no, I can't hear you now. I didn't do anything. What happened to the mic? Uh, it was working when we were singing. So they had a concert before they started the show. And they unplugged the mic or something. I don't know. That This is the people we're working with here. And they think their podcast is going to be number one. And it probably will be, unfortunately. Also, I forgot one piece of the story that did make it funnier. It'd be one thing if like, oh, you saw your cousin-in-law, basically my brother-in-law at like this car show randomly. That's one thing. I was hanging out with Dan until like midnight the night before. Oh, really? Yeah, because they, oh. yeah, they were at my place for a game night. So he left. They, and then I, I just saw, say, saw him. I you are going to say you were hanging out with him there until midnight. <laughs> but it was just like, it just didn't come up. So it was like, this is this is a ruse. This is a trick. I just saw you. Like, what? You didn't say anything? Because it was a cover-up. That's my theory. Dallas was, there was no car show. He just recruited his friends. Like, we need a cover-up here. We need a story. At this point, same thing, by the way. You know, it's just all of Dan's friends there. You're correct. Uh, Jake, let's do a segment that has been taking over the airwaves, been taking over the YouTube space. I don't know what I was going to say. But, hey, by the way, go and watch and subscribe to the Flurry Sports YouTube channel. I want to hit 3,000 subscribers this week. And you can see this upcoming segment in its entirety in its, the video version. We're going to be doing our weekly NFL rundown where we tell you everything that happened, everything you truly need to know from the 15 games to start the week. Again, we are recording this during Monday Night Football, currently halftime. Uh, so we got 15 games. We got a stacked schedule here, and it was, a, it was an eventful week. So buckle up. Jake, do you have anything else you want to say before we get going here? Um, for this first one, Zach, I need you to start by saluting with me. Can we do that? Sure. Okay. Okay. All right, you want me to start? Hit the music. Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start with Thursday Night Football? You you go. If we're saluting, you start. Here we go. Okay. So here, here's the NFL Week 4 rundown starting right now. God save our gracious king. The Saints played the Vikings, but God hates the Saints. We're in London, and the Vikings and Saints showed the Brits what real football looks like, Zach. Still a lot of kicking, as the Vikings are up 16-7 in the third. But if you need a comeback in 2022, you ask Andy Dalton to hand it off to Latavius Murray. He makes it a two-point game. After another kick, the Red Rocket connects with QB1 Taysom Hill to get the lead, and then a two-point conversion. But Jefferson scores. Oh, no. Great. Joseph misses the extra point. The Saints tied on a kick, but then Joseph makes a kick. And then the Saints have a big Ben-sized fuck-up, Zach. They double-doink to lose the game. Oh, no. Thursday Night Football was Dolphins versus Bengals. 
Last week, Tua Tagovailoa suffered a concussion so bad that it, he felt it in his back. Tua two brain cells got hit so hard in this game, he became Tua two concussions. He was hit so hard, Jake. He started doing the thriller dance on the ground. What is he doing over down there? Fans, analysts, teammates were in shock and awe, saying this is one of the worst NFL injuries we have seen all time. Meanwhile, Teddy Bridgewater's on the sideline warming up saying, damn, what the hell do I got to do to just be remembered? But speaking of thriller, Teddy Two Gloves made this one. The Dolphins were leading going into the fourth quarter, but the Bengals used a big final quarter to win it. Who day? Who day? Who the hell thinks the Bengals team is back after losing, almost losing to a Teddy Bridgewater-led Dolphins team? We start in Detroit with the Seahawks visiting with a gut punch as the broadcast says that Geno Smith is a 10-year vet. That hit me in a weird way. He also throws a touchdown early. The Lions cause a punt fumble and then rock out with their hawk out. TJ Hawkinson scores to make it 6-7. to seven. But if you love me, let Gino. He scores to take the lead. The Seahawks lead 25-15 and a half. But I'm sorry, it hurts when I golf. Jared throws a pick six. But hey now, you're Jamal star. Jamal Williams scores his second touchdown of the day. Helps make it a 38-31 game in the fourth. Then Big Cock Hawk scores his second. Lions down three. But oh no, lucky Penny Rashad. Penny scores. The Seahawks are going to win after the Lions don't get an onside kick. It's 48-45. Browns versus Falcons. The Browns drive the field to start the game, but go for it on fourth in the red zone and fail to convert. Young Way, and collected, put Atlanta up three as his perfect day really helped the Falcons in this one. Nothing is more Browns than running a first quarter flea flicker only to get a penalty and then fumble the ball on the same play. Cordell Patterson then makes a 10-0 Falcons. Nothing is more Browns than Nick Chubb running for a first down while literally eight Falcons defenders uh, touch him before he's brought down. One notable thing people keep saying now, Jake, if you haven't heard it, about Jacoby Brissett is that he can get one and a half yards on every quarterback sneak he ever does. That's become his identity. And by the way, because of that, nothing is more Browns than him converting two fourth downs uh, on the same drive in this way. Then they get a first and goal from the one yard line. They don't run the play once. They settle for a field goal which then makes it seven points left off the board for the Cleveland in the first half, which ultimately was the difference as Atlanta wins by three. The Jaguars started hot against the Eagles act. Jalen Hurts throws a pick Cisco to the Jags to start the game and out with the old, in with the Agnew for Jacksonville. They're up 14 to nothing. But what hurts the most, Jalen keeps it close. He runs it in to make it 14 to seven. The Colonel, Miles Sanders, ties up for Philly. His first of two touchdowns. The Phillies, uh, ooh, pardon, the Eagles are doing good. Oops, I mean doing gain well. He scores. That's a grammar joke. The Eagles up 23-14 to 14 at the start of the fourth. The Jags are a fan of pastries. They have five turnovers, and that's too many. They lose 29-21. Titans versus Colts. The Titans quickly go up 14-0 to start this game. The Colts drive the ball in the second quarter all the way to the six, give it to Jonathan Taylor once out of the shotgun, then pass it two other times. It's getting to the point where the Frank Reich decision-making is more painful and difficult to understand than the third Reich decision-making. And while a lot of Nazi propaganda, like a lot of Nazi propaganda during the third Reich, Jake, Gestapo captain himself, Matt Ryan, has an interesting fascination with tight ends. And between the old line play and only using tight ends, the Colts fail to complete the comeback. They lose by seven. 
And the Bears and Giants game was done and dusted for the Giants going to the fourth sack. But oh no, a man who runs like Bambi must have weak ankles. Daniel Jones gets hurt. Oh, but no problem. We've got Tyrod Taylor. Oh my God, hates Tyrod Taylor. He gets hurt, but I'm starting to think Saquon Barkley is what makes this Giants team good as he runs a wildcat, throws, and runs his way to a win for the Giants. Jets versus Steelers was an absolute embarrassment. Trubisky had a pass go off his wide receiver's hands to be intercepted. He also had a Hail Mary intercepted. That was waved off due to him getting demolished on a roughing the passer penalty. On the other side, Zach Wilson's best play for him throwing the football away. However, we know Zach Wilson has a thing for, thing for blondes, and he saw one of the prettiest heads of lettuce on the Steelers during the second half as Kenny Pickett replaces Trubisky. Tomlin uh, told Pickett to keep the ball off the turf, and he should have been a lot more specific. Pickett goes 10 of 13 in this game, but all three incompletions were actually picks as six interceptions were thrown in this football game. But Zach Wilson knew he had to catch the eye of that blonde, Jake. So apparently on the final drive in the huddle, he says, Let's go get a fucking touchdown. And that's exactly what Zach Wilson and the Jets did as they win by four points. From one defensive showdown to another, Zach, we're in Carolina. I love you, love me. A pick six to Louvu puts the Panthers up early, but the Panthers offense has a problem of their own. They suck. They turn it over three times themselves in the game along with the cards. It's 13-10 in the fourth. Can the Panthers come back? No, because J.J. Watt rose from the dead this week because God told him he can't tip passes in heaven. A tip pick six seals it for the card. Sorry, tip pick. It's not a pick six, but you know, J.J. Watt, he's back. Let's stand into the Bills versus Ravens game to see how the Baltimore defense fucks up today. Uh, the Ravens start the game out strong uh, with four scoring drives to start the game while forcing Buffalo uh, to turn the ball over, putting up the Ravens 20-10 to 10 at halftime. And, but the Ravens wouldn't score another point in the game because Lamar Jackson's agent, who is just Lamar Jackson, reminded him that the Ravens didn't want to give him the money he deserves. They did, however, drive the field late in the fourth quarter of a tied game. They go for it in fourth and goal from the two-yard line. Lamar Jackson throws in an interception. Buffalo drives the field, kicks a game-winning field goal as time expires. But afterwards, uh, the Ravens head coach, John Harbaugh, defended his decision to go for it. He said, hindsight you take the points but if you look at it analytically you'll understand why we did it and boy jake there's never been a more irritating sentence ever fucking crafted than that <laughs> it's patriots packers the patriots are without mac oh my back jones and they would have rather had a can of hoya beans than brian hoyer but their third stringer still brought them to a close game start off it's elementary my dear watson uh, Packers 7-3 early, but oh no, the Patriots get a pick six. It's Rodgers' second pick six at home ever. In that same time, Matt Ryan was drafted and has thrown 19. The U.S. population has increased by 35 million people, and we've also had the same number of British monarchs. But the Packers win in overtime, 27-24. Don't worry, Pats fans. Your luck, Zappy will be the first ballot Hall of Famer. Jake, I also wrote down Patriots Packers for some reason. Axel Edward Brian Hoyer. That's his real name. Uh, this was supposed to be one of those classic Aaron Rodgers versus Brian Hoyer matchups you'll tell your grandkids about. But an early Hoyer injury means Bailey Zappi's in there for New England. 
Oh, Romeo, Romeo, what are you doing, Romeo? Fumble thy ball and drop thy touchdown. The Packers take two steps forward and one step back, which makes a great dance for a polka, but it is making every snap difficult for the Green Bay this season. It took every second in overtime, but thanks to the Penguin, he kicks it through the uprights for a win. I figured out why you had that one written down, Zach. It's because you were supposed to do it, but we go to Dallas and we're feeling the hot sun with Dotson. He scores early for the Commanders, but a few field goals and then yippee-ki-yay. Mike Gallup scores to make it 15-10 Dallas. Then there goes my hero. C.D. Lamb scores to put it away for the boys. They win 25-10, and I will quickly write up a rundown for the Chiefs. Broncos versus Raiders. Kevin Harlan called the Broncos kick returner quicker than a hiccup. Also quicker than a hiccup was a fall was the fall for both of these teams' hype trains at the start of the season. Shout out to Broncos offensive tackle Garrett Bowles, who seemingly went backwards when he dove to stop the pick six. And somehow that was the most athletic play a Denver lineman made all game. The Broncos could not run the ball or stop it as Josh Jacobs ran all day. Dude, where's Derek Carr? He did nothing. He deserves nothing. But the Raiders still win by nine points. Good news, Zach. Tom Brady says he's all right after sustaining an arm injury. Thank God. I thought he might actually retire. The Buccaneers lose 41-31, showing that even in a win, Travis Kelsey always looks sad on the sidelines. You ever worried about it? Chargers versus Texans. Texans kicker Kaimi Fairbairn missed a field goal so bad that somehow someone in the front row to the left caught it. Kaimi Fairbairn, Kaimi forewarning. Once this team actually gets good enough where what you do matters, you're going to get cut. The first half was just one good team playing one bad team as the Chargers led 24 to 7. However, 24-7 is also the amount of time the Chargers spend figuring out new ways to blow leads. The Texans storm back to trail by three in the fourth quarter. Oh, oh, oh no, Kaimi. <laughs> the points matter. However, a Chargers late touchdown makes them win by 10 points. That's and that it. is your rundown. Well done. Well done. I really lost it. I was in a scramble today. It was not my finest day of research. But hey, how about that Bucks game? You're right that Travis Kelsey is always sad. You're right. I turned on the game when it was 41 like 20. And it was, he's just on the sideline moping. Yeah. I'm like, God, Travis, have some life. You're like winning. They went for it on fourth down, or maybe it was just a third down conversion they didn't get. And Patrick Mahomes started screaming and ran up to him because Kelsey must have ran the wrong route or he got in the way of the person he was trying to throw it to. And I thought Kelsey was going to cry. And I think this was after he caught two touchdowns. Like he was, <laughs> he did good. But like, cheer up. Like he's your whole team. Let's not. Is it because he's got a new cool podcast? Like, leave Travis Kelsey alone. If you do listen to his podcast, though, he's actually – he doesn't strike me as this type of person. He's, like, so hard on himself. Very, very. Every loss is his fault, like, specifically. Mm -hmm. I know, and that's why – maybe that's why they do it. They're like, you need to give Travis something to work on. Otherwise, he's going to be feeling too good. I guess so. That podcast is good. Not that we need to promote it. I'm sure you probably already heard about it, but it, it is good. I have okay. Can I bring up something from that podcast? I've been dying to ask you about. Sure. They have a segment where they go off on the wedge plot, returning kick wedge, and yeah. I need to know. I need to know what your memories are of the wedge. No. 
Take it's, me back to high school because I have specific memories on the, you know, the wedge giveth and the wedge taketh away. So I've got memories on both sides of that bad boy. I unfortunately don't have a ton of memories and it's because of the wedge, I think. Um, but <laughs> as they talk about on there, like literally wedge block on kick and punt returns, if people don't know, mostly kick returns. Uh, it is the ball's kicked off. The front five guys usually are running back and they form a wall. And the person in the middle, which, by the way, was me for a lot of my career, uh, you tell everyone to turn around, and then you link arms, basically, and you say, go, and you run, and your point, you're, like, you're just trying to fucking kill everybody, and then there's one or two people on the actual kickoff team whose job it is to break you up. They're the wedge breaker. They're the wedge buster. They are running in front of a brick wall, and that is why it's not the game anymore. But, like, there's always an injury. There, even in high school, there's always an injury. We fucking killed people. And uh, it, like, I don't have any good memories. It was literally just the feeling of people. I would say this, Jake. I would say there's probably a greater than 50% of the time we did it where we knocked the wind out of at least one person. And I know if you have never done it, Try it out sometime. I know that little squeal that you hear when all the lungs leave someone's spot, all the air leaves someone's lungs. It's unbelievable. It's there is a feeling when the wedge doesn't break that's, oh. like, infectious. Like when so the dude bounces off. You Okay, tell me this. If the wedge is intact, you're never. there's never an angrier moment in my life than the wedge not breaking and the guy behind you getting tackled. The, yeah, you'll never see a group of people's egos inflate larger than in that moment. Like, we did everything we were supposed to do. We were, you should have just give us the ball. Just give us the ball. We would have ran the entire way. That's how we feel at that moment. I do have a specific memory. One, I have horror stories of the wedge because I was a fat kid and very slow. So I'm trying to get back to the wedge and I'd have like the kickoff team running past me. And I'm like, <laughs> not there yet <laughs> so that was always scary but also i remember clear as day one time uh i was the one on this particular time who yelled go and i like yelled go and i think we all got scared like i yelled go and just no one knew what to do we all like scattered because we were running like uh do you remember the starburst play you ever have to do that with tron i don't think so we had a play where not only was the wedge block but two returners came together, and then the, the kicking team wasn't supposed to know who had the ball. They love so, that, yeah. They do that every time. Yeah, so the idea was not only were we going to have a wedge, we were going to have two wedges. One goes with one returner, one goes with the other. Trick them. So I yelled, go. And I think everyone just was like, well, run. Like, it was yeah. just like, oh, shit. Like, go, go somewhere. And we got a good game on it because we were confused. Kickoff team was confused. I literally, I went to the sideline and went, "Who caught the ball?" Because I had no idea which returner. I was like, "I don't know." I turned around, tried to hit someone, nailed the kicker. I absolutely <laughs> crushed. You're them, always you know? looking for the kicker, by the way. You turn around, you're scanning for that kicker. They are fresh meat. That's who you're aiming for. I've dodged other people on the kickoff team before to get to the kicker. Oh yeah, yeah. Excuse me, pardon me. Just looking for the skinny kid in the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Speaking of skinny kid in the back, can we talk about Daniel Jones? Let's do it. <laughs> do we need to talk about Tyrod or no? Oh, my God. 
I really got sad. I really got sad. Um, also explain to me how Daniel Jones' ankle was too hurt for him to play quarterback, but not hurt enough for him to play wide receiver. Right. <laughs> I mean, you don't need that. And he also did come back just to play quarterback too. They're like, they taped it up, couldn't go. Tyrek comes in for a, a cup of coffee and they're like, hey, Daniel, uh, you know how your ankle is too bad to go? Let's let's try it. Like, you're just going to give it to Saquon anyway. It's going to be fine. It, it was a weird t- – if you didn't watch that game, like, this was – like I said in the recap, the Giants had it, like, well in hand. And then it was just, like, yeah. <laughs> panic, panic. Like, what do we do? It was really weird. Um, their punter kind of won it for them. That was yeah. really weird. Um, but Scottish I will say – Oh my God, Scottish God! It's <laughs> unbelievable. Scottish hammers—is that what they call? Them? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Saquon Barkley's really freaking good. He's great when he's healthy. Like, but if he's going to keep carrying the ball, he had 31 carries for 146 yards. He's going to be done. He's like, throwing. <laughs> he's throwing. He did everything. Literally everything. Yeah. He, well, because yeah. the whole thing was, I think the thing with Jones's ankle was it wasn't so hurt he couldn't throw. It was so hurt he couldn't run. And that's yeah. like his thing. Sneaky athletic, yeah. You wouldn't really expect fast. He yeah, might be the most annoying guy to tackle in the whole league, right? <laughs> maybe. Annoying, maybe. He tackles himself, but he breaks everybody else's tackles. He's just so long-legged. Like, I'm just imagining, like, like if Lamar Jackson beats you on a run, it's like, that dude's crazy athletic. He's, mm-hmm. like, the best athlete in the league. Josh Allen smokes you. It's like, yeah, he's a prodigy. Daniel Jones runs by him. It's like, God, hit the accountant. Why is he getting away from me? Well, yeah, him and Taysom Hill. Like, that deflates people. Like, the white guy ran past us. Like, that feels terrible. That's not supposed to happen. Right, like Josh Allen kind of has it going on because he's such a good thrower. Like you can't like play all parts of the game, you know. Yeah. Not yeah. with Daniel Jones. He was running jet sweeps, Glenwood City out there. <laughs> he's yeah. I'm telling you, he's deceptively fast. People need to respect it. But whatever. Um, here's my question from this game: Are the Giants good enough to actually like contend with the Eagles? No, it's they're not good at all. Okay. <laughs> okay, good to know. Are you sure? Uh, their defensive their defensive coordinator is great. He's really good. That's who left the Ravens. That's why the Ravens are terrible. And all Wink Martindale's doing is confusing bad quarterbacks. Like yeah. they beat Justin Fields. They beat Baker Mayfield. They beat Ryan Tannehill. They somehow lost to Cooper Rush. So I can tell you why they lost to Cooper Rush. We got that game coming up. But uh, yikes. What other games stuck out to you in a crazy week? Do we need to talk about Tua? Like, you know what? The turf hits hard. Karma hits harder. That's what we just learned in this week. Congrats. Here's here's what I learned about Tua. This was the first week where I wasn't mad at Tua. Like, I was like, Tua was on the bad end of, like, his doctors. I'm like, you can't, like, tell me that the defense, I know we're, we're not in bounty bowl season anymore. No one had to verbally put a bounty on Tua when you he had a visible concussion and he plays next week. Every D lineman's going, I'm going to cook you. I'm going to absolutely wreck your shit if you mm-hmm. come onto the football field. This had to be a wake-up call for Tua, though, because a person who was 
Yes, literally awake. Someone had to give him the call to wake up. But he's born in Hawaii, lives in Miami, and he almost died in Cincinnati. How sad of a way to go out. That would have been a terrible, terrible end to his story. And now he's like, oh, shit. You know, at least die somewhere good. By the way, someone, I'm almost starting to think Florida's the problem here because Cameron Bright went back into the game after a concussion as well in that Chiefs game. He sure did. He sure did. Um, I think he ended up leaving again, but yeah. I mean, too, I don't know. I, I don't just know. thought of something. I could be wrong on this. Okay. okay. Maybe the NFL doesn't care about concussion protocol as much as they were saying. I'm not sure if concussions are real. Neither's Roger Goodell, by the way. I watched that movie starring Will Smith. It's true. Um, he killed a monster. Here's the thing. I believe Tua may not have been concussed last week. You know? Like, there's a legitimate... Yeah, it might be his back. Like, I don't fucking know. I'm not a doctor. So, fuck it. And this injury, too, could have just been another fucking neck injury. Like, I don't know. And by the way, like, the independent doctor whatever got fired, and everyone's assuming it's because, you know, Tua was actually concussed. But, like, everything came out. Like, no... The doctor was supposedly right. That's not why he was fired at all. He got fired because he got pissy and started arguing when the league started doing an investigation into what he did. He got like super ego filled and prideful. He's just like, fuck you guys, like whatever. I think that's, you know, that is fair. That's like the central ground. And I appreciate it. I I can also appreciate the fact that just because he was concussed this week doesn't mean he was concussed before. Like if you saw the hit he got this week, it was perfectly capable of concussing him on his own. Right. And if this is two concussions and he played, then why are we ruling him out for next week? If he can already play with a concussion, <laughs> I say let's roll him out there one more time. Here's, here's my issue is one. I just think the league, because players are going to go back in, like as much as I'm not a Tua fan, like I'm, I'm also over the people who are like Tua should have now. I'm like, whatever. All these players are like, I'm talking yeah. shit. Brett Favre played when his dad died. I'm not. I'm not missing a game. God damn yeah. it! I'm going out there. What would Brett do? That's what they all got on their lockers, you know. Uh-huh. Well, like you can't expect a player like they're the half the job of like a lot of these doctors and trainers is like saving the players from themselves. Like, not only is it an ego thing that they want to be out there. A lot of times, it's a paycheck thing. Like they have all these incentives about snaps they need to be on the field and stuff. And I, I know that there's some times where like teams order like from the top down to the doctors, like, Hey, this person has a snaps incentive. Let's pull them out a little bit quicker. And that's not the case with Tua, but like for some of these, but like, that's a real thing. So like, there's a mistrust there. And blah, that's blah, blah. a real thing. He legitimately like also for Tua, his whole career, the moral of his story could be don't let the backup play. Like, Tua's story could be, like, don't trust them to put you back in. So, I under – like, if you've watched his career, like, he's almost been benched five times. Um, So – and he has been benched before. So, I I mean, that's a real part of it. I also seriously think that – what irked me the most – you tell me if I'm wrong because you follow this stuff closer on the insider lens than I do. But what irked me is I've seen similar things – where a guy gets rocked 
but no one kind of notices it. And next game, they give him the game off just to be safe. And mm-hmm. what irked me was because they publicly said it wasn't a concussion the first time, they had to play him this time because right. otherwise it would have looked like an admission of guilt. And that's what bothered me is if he's not 100% going into that game, like you can't play him. Like even if it's in the, he could have been foggy. Like maybe it wasn't a concussion, but he's rattled. Like you shouldn't play him. Like you have to protect him from himself. We don't even need to talk. Back, rest his yeah, back. That's what I was going to say. We don't need to talk about the brain. Like if we just take everything at face value, he played on a short week with a back injury that caused him to lose control of his limbs. That's it. That's all you need to say. And that yeah. wouldn't be the independent doctor's fault. That would be the Dolphins. And I'm fine with blaming the Dolphins. They have a lot to blame for. So. Like, They've got a lot going on. I was talking about that with someone this week of like, remember that they're also racist. Like they've got a lot of stuff going Dan, on. Dan Snyder is just like, yes, keep doing it. Keep going. Let's just give them, hey, Jack Del Rio, maybe you should be the next coach of the Dolphins. Like they're just trying to feed all the bad problems over there, hoping to overshadow. They couldn't get to Sean Watson. They tried to kill Tua. It's to a, oh, God, they tampered. That's right. They've got a lot going on. Speaking of tried, a lot going tried, on. Tried to pay to lose games. Oh, man. Yeah. I haven't but, seen the mascot in a while. What happened to him? Haven't Suspicious. seen the mascot singer. It's Tom Brady on that. Um, But this, he, like, can you, I wonder why they ruled out Tua so quickly, Jake. Here's their schedule the next few weeks. This week they play the Jets. I wonder if they need Tua for that one. Then they play the Vikings, NFC team who's not very good. Then they play the Steelers, bad team. Lions, bad team. Bears, bad team. It and then they play the Lions, bad team. Lions, deceptively good. Bears, bad team. And then the then they play the Brown. Like their schedule is patty cake. Their, their schedule is so bad. Like two, it might be out for until Teddy Bridgewater dies. Basically, you did make a good point that I thought of in the moment. Like Teddy Bridgewater had to go through some <laughs> trauma, right? Coming back into the game, like. We did that on the show one time of like the articles of like other players being like, I still see it when I close my <laughs> eyes. Like it's yeah. a, it was a terrible injury. Horrible. Every time I see him run, I get scared and I'm surprised. I <laughs> absolutely. So like him going back in felt really weird. And like he had to feel weird. That's like a real human thing that I really was like, like the one guy who gets it. Is like yeah. going into the game, and that's like a weird moment. Him and Trey Lance, if someone got their fists up in the air, like we salute, you know. That it is the other coin of like, this is how I wanted Jimmy G to respond. By the way, coming into <laughs> yeah, the game, yeah. I just realized that of like Teddy coming in and obviously being like caught up in the moment and like honestly like, oh man, like this is real. I really feel for him. Versus Jimmy G, who's like karma's bitch. Who's got it now, you know? Jimmy G's the worst. Ryan Fitzpatrick was one of the commentators for that game, too. And I just wanted him to, like, rip off his suit and have the Dolphins jersey ready to go and go in over Teddy. Oh, he would have done it naked, right? Put it on the pole with Ryan Fitzpatrick played an NFL game without pads. 100%. Uh, Speaking of people who came back from the dead, can we talk about J.J.? That's insane. Yeah. Like, so he went into AFib or whatever, any regular heartbeat or something on Wednesday. They shock it to get it beaten the right way. And then 
Sunday morning, he tweets out, he's like, you can tell like the sadness and the piss, like the energy from his tweet, like someone's going to leak this information. So I'm coming out and doing it first. My heart wasn't beating right. They shocked it. I'm playing today. And I think me and everyone else is like, wait, I don't really care about the leaking of information part. Like, are you good? This is terrifying. I don't want you to play. It was, it was his moment of like, I wouldn't have to say anything if there weren't some snitches in here. Yeah. I, like, he's like, I just got a shock, like always. Like, yeah. we need to calm down. It was weird. If JJ was a horse, right, he would have been sent to the glue factory by now. Like, he's got a lot going on. Derek and or not, TJ and JJ do. Derek just has a kid. That's his thing. Like the other two are like always hurt that Derek is Derek. Well, here's the thing. TJ is like always hurt in like a sad way. JJ's hurt in like a, I feel like he's always taking an arrow out of his shoulder. Like yeah. JJ always is. Has it, When's the last, put it on the poll. Has JJ played healthy since 2012? Has he yeah. ever been with a clean bill of health? I don't think so legitimately i'm not sure no even when you think about it his nose was the least of his worries <laughs> his nose is perpetually broken it's always <laughs> bleeding it is always bleeding he smells a pepper too spicy that thing first <laughs> open for the top yeah um seattle lions sneakily the game of the week i think G- it Gino did make you feel good to see Geno smith light him up the Lions are down their top two wide receivers, and Jared Goff almost passes for 400. Like, both of these offenses were like, hey, respect us. Jared Goff, if he can just not throw that one pass every game, that's yeah. the worst pass you'll see that week. Mm-hmm. They'd win a lot of these games. And I don't say that to put it all on him. Like, you don't no. give a, a team 40-some points and blame the quarterback. Like, the Lions' defense isn't good enough. That's their Achilles yeah. leg. It's bigger than the ankle. I don't know. Um, Dan Campbell I, can't take many more of these, though, man. I'm well, nervous about his heart and his health. Him and here's, JJ. Here's the something. thing, though. To, to be the, the guy who un, like unabashedly loves the Lions now, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jamal Williams is so good. And TJ Hawkinson is a legit like all-league yeah. guy. They've got some good offense, and like you said, when they when they don't have their top two wide receivers, one of which is one of the best wide receivers in football so far, yeah, St. Brown. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, that's huge. Did Swift play? No. No, Swift was out too. Okay. I mean, that's huge, and they still put up that many points. Um, and credit to, the, credit to the Seahawks. DK Metcalf has had a good year. Um Tyler Lockett, is he always open? Yeah. <laughs> Seems that yeah, way. Yep, 100%. Yeah, the Lions are Lions and the Seahawks. They're both basically the same team. Like, they both have decent offenses, deceptively okay. Good yeah, they seem like they were going to go to the locker room and drink some beers, right? Those two yeah. teams, like, shook hands afterwards, right? They spit on it first. Dan Campbell was crying and hugging the other team the entire time. Like, I love the heart you showed out there, man. That was fucking grit. I loved it. He's, he's just losing his shit the entire time. Pete Carroll jumping into the air and then cutting to Dan Campbell, wiping away tears. <laughs> it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. Very. 
Uh, I mean, there's a lot of other games that were hard to watch if you want to use that as a segue. Chargers, Texans were the Chargers and the Texans to a T. They both played into their cliches, and it was great. Patriots, Packers, also hard to watch. They, they're they both not very good. Um, you know what game I'm sick of seeing? I'm sick what? of seeing the Packers games where all I hear afterwards is how lucky they were to win. I'm really, I'm really tired of that story of, like, they won, and all I heard afterwards, they survived a third-string quarterback. Like, I get it. I really get it. I understand. And they won. Can we just move on? There is no quarterback more dangerous than the third-string quarterback, legitimately, though. For whatever reason, they're always terrifying. Well, and, like, he was good. And, like, the yeah. they, they aren't – say what you will about Mac Jones. They're not a team powered by a quarterback anyway. So – well, two things. Look at Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Just their faces. They're the same person, so I don't want to even hear anything about it. Bailey Zappi has the college football record for most passing yards and touchdowns in a season ever. I so legitimately like he think he's, they, they did it again. They drew blitz on us again. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I just feel bad for Brian Hoyer, who I found out his name's Axel. That's kind of cool. You should go by that. That is kind of cool. Um, I, I, other games that we need to talk about. Um, yeah, what is there? The Colts suck, dude. Frank Reich is an embarrassment to how everybody. Many, uh, World War II jokes do you got written down somewhere, by the gonna, way? Going to keep going. I got a whole library of Nazi books, Jake. I can just reference them whenever I want. Big gay population in the Nazi army, by the way. That was the tight end joke for anyone wondering. <laughs> tight end joke really made me laugh. Um, <laughs> that was really good. So who's undefeated, Zach? Because as we record, it looks like the Rams are going to lose. So is it, it's just the Eagles? Regardless, just the Eagles. Rams aren't undefeated either. Okay, so now that the Rams are losing, it's the Eagles. <laughs> um, good to know. Great. Uh, that's the second week in a row I've made that mistake, but that's fine. Um, yeah. I want to talk about that game because <laughs> the Jags are the only thing that can stop the Jags. Yeah, five turnovers, and they should have won that game. How does Trevor Lawrence more than five looks? Yeah, five. Trevor Lawrence just in general turned it over five times. He fumbled it four times. That's crazy. Hang on to the fucking football. That's all you got to do. That's insane. Um, that's it's brutal. I I will say, I I texted this to you. I kind of love the Jags. They're like. Such a fun, relentless team. He is the type of like he just like I see him make mistakes. And I'm like he just loves football too much. Like I'm like that's not true. He's just got bad basics. But like he's good, and the Eagles are really good. Like, yeah, really, really good. Eagles are really good. The way you think about Trevor Lawrence is the exact way I think about Marcus Mariota and the Falcons. Mariota is doing his fucking best, and nobody talk about the pressure of putting in. Uh, Ritter. Like, Mariota needs this job more than anybody else needs it. He needs the paycheck. He needs the spotlight. He deserves it. He went 7 for 19 with 139 yards and an interception, and that's good enough. So, I don't want to hear it from anybody. He's the best. Cordell Patterson getting hurt breaks my heart because he just needs a chance. All th- This is like, it feels like a team of second chance guys, even though their best two, like, players are both, like, Kyle Pitts and Drake London, who were first-round draft picks. 
But I think that's why I like the Jags is because instead of second chance guys, they feel like a team of first chance guys. True. They feel like they finally are. They're all young. That's not true, but they. I'm sure Calais Campbell's out there for his mm. 70th year in a row. <laughs> um, but uh, it feels like they're all young. It feels like they're all like learning how to play the game at the same time and like throwing, you know, turning it over five times against currently the best team in the league and like coming that close feels right for them right now. But they're an easy team to love. This feel this felt like a loss you take on your way to getting really good. So that's probably made up in my head because <laughs> they're going to lose a lot this season. Um, but I, it's hard not to love the Falcons. Like, also, they're going to mess around and be competitive in that division. They're tied, I think, for the lead with the Buccaneers, and they play the Buccaneers this week. But Cordell Patterson isn't going to play. Because, as is- I mentioned, God hates the Saints. So they do. they do. Here are the youngest teams in the league, by the way. The, the Buccaneers are the oldest team, average age of 27 years, five months, 13 days. Then it goes Saints, Cardinals, Raiders, Patriots for oldest teams, which is kind of surprising for some of those. Youngest teams. The Browns are the youngest team, uh, 25 years, four months, 11 days. Then the Falcons, the Lions, the Cowboys, then the Jaguars. Which this seems weird. Like I don't Cowboys know. seems weird. Cowboys is the one that seems weird on that list, and the Falcons. But that's just Mariota and Patterson bringing the up Browns, that average. Like the Browns feels weird. Why? That's that the youngest. Uh yeah. I mean, that just shows how long they were rebuilding. Like just all of their guys were recently drafted. But even still, like their quarterbacks aren't super young. Sure. Their running backs aren't super young. They're like I guess wide receivers are their offensive line as a whole isn't super young. It's just defense. And Miles Garrett. Who Miles was, Garrett, by the way, not even a, a deer or whatever was on the road can stop that guy. Driving up. <laughs> no, it's unbelievable. Um I I mean it, it's an interesting week only because I I truly think the NFL now is in like limbo, like pointing at the best team because the Eagles, like I said, are the best team right now. They don't feel like it still. Like I still feel like I should point at Kansas City. The Chiefs are so good and people are still like I texted you this week that you can pretty much double your money on the Chiefs to win the division. That was before that game. So I'm guessing it swung a little bit. But probably not much. People are everyone wants to doubt the Chiefs because they don't have Tyreek Hill. But I don't get yes. And they got listen, I get that we like the Chargers, but they're not the Chiefs, yeah. you know. I don't know. I think people are still thinking Chargers are gonna finish second, maybe, but you can't feel good about the Chargers either. They're all injured, they're just they chargered up. This is what the Chargers do every single year. They get hurt. Yeah, we covered that in the preview. Like, don't be fooled by them. Like, this is what they they win seven in a row. If they do it in the front part, that means they'll lose seven in a row in the back stretch. Like, they are always going to do this. Like, their cold streak's coming. The odds did swing super heavy in the Chiefs' favor. So, like, the odds say that the Chargers are going to be second, Broncos third, and then the Raiders are a super distant fourth which is also a little bit interesting how quickly people jumped off the Raiders 
Like the Raiders are what we thought they were, but everyone was really liking the Raiders and the Broncos and they are, everyone's fully off of them now. Like to even be competent. Lord help you. If you like the Broncos, <laughs> Russell Wilson has really distanced me from that team. Same, same. He is the issue for sure. Um, other games. I don't even know. Cardinals Panthers was nothing. I will say, if you watch that game, I like the Panthers' defense. Like, I could see that team being good in a year or two. Their defense is underrated for sure. They need a new head coach, which they will get. Which they're going to get, yeah. Soon, <laughs> sounds like. Um, but again, not to reference odds for everything, at the start of this week, Matt Rule did, wasn't the odds leader to be fired first amongst coaches. Do you have any idea who would be the odds favorite? Is it Dallas? It was Cliff Kingsbury. Isn't that weird? He just got an extension this year. That's why. I don't That's know. Really weird. That was a weird. That was uh, that was a weird odd. Maybe they just wanted people to bet that. That's a weird line. Um, Maybe. It was. It confused me. I'm it, like, I felt like I missed something. I do. Speaking of feel like I missed something, I wonder when – I feel like we're reluctant to call the Rams bad. And I'm ready. I don't know, I don't know if other people are, but I. they're not a good team. They're mediocre. Yeah, they're fine. Their offensive line's really bad. Really, really bad. Really, really bad. Um they have a good wide receiving core, but they're a little yep. too reliant on Cooper Cup. Um, I don't know what you mean, he, Jake. Started the fourth quarter, he's got 15 targets. I think that's fine. They don't have the same running game they used to, and their defense is getting older by the day. I don't care that Jalen Ramsey gets a pick only when it counts. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> Makes me so um, mad. Yeah. Started the fourth quarter. Stafford's been sacked five times. They haven't ran the ball. Cooper Cup's doing everything. And then the 49ers are doing nothing, basically, but they're winning. Like that That's what this game was supposed to be and lived up to the hype, I guess. Um, Those are the only games I want to talk about. I, I don't really want to talk about the Vikings just because I need to see them play teams that matter. Um, and And <laughs> for the record, beating the Packers mattered. But it was week one. Like, if they beat the Packers again, I will legit believe in them. But, like, the Packers just haven't played a good week one in seven years. Uh, I Like, they just don't. I That sounds like, like, Packer fans sour grapes. But they just don't play good in week one. Um, and the Vikings just have looked perfectly mediocre against everyone. And I don't want to talk about the Cowboys because their division sucks so bad that, like, that game didn't mean nothing. Let me let me defend Mitchell Trubisky for a second. Oh, that's that's true. I was going to ask too soon for Kenny Pickett. Too soon, but everyone and I didn't hear Tomlin say this. I haven't, you know, I don't think he said either way really. But in my mind, Trubisky didn't start the second half because he was hurt. I don't think he got benched. He got fucking obliterated on the hail mary to end the first half, like right in the ribs. I I don't think anyone even checked up on the medical report. I'm not sure if he hurt his ribs. It definitely could have been. But like Trubisky was 7 of 13 
in the first half, which wasn't good. He was under pressure the entire time. His interception bounced off of his wide receiver's hands. Like, he looked fine. He looked perfectly fine. And then Kenny Pickett comes in to throw three interceptions. So that's not good either. But, like, I thought Trubisky looked all right. I thought he was legitimately hurt, and that's why he didn't come back in. But now the Steelers are in a position basically where I think they have to roll with Kenny Pickett unless they lean super into the injury thing. Like, they could just say Trubisky wasn't able to breathe or whatever because of his lungs but he can play this week. They could do that, but I don't know. Like Mitch Trubisky wasn't the issue in this game or to start the year. It's their offensive coordinator. It's not even close. Well, that's what I felt bad for was Trubisky wasn't really given a chance here this season. No, no. Um, And that's why I think it's too early only because if you're using him as a scapegoat, it's too soon. This is the mm-hmm. this is the uh, Justin Fields thing from last year all over again. You 100%. literally have you have Andy Dalton in the game to take the hits. Why are you putting Fields in? We just said that, and now I'm doubling down harder. Here's their next three four weeks, Jake. Four weeks. This is unbelievable. They go to Buffalo this week. They host Tampa Bay the week after that. They go to Miami on primetime the week after that. And then they go to Philadelphia. You do not start your rookie there. That's a disaster. That's a that's like possibly the four hardest teams to play at this point. Boom, 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 boom. Wow, what's Tomlin up to? <laughs> what's the plan? What's his Mason Rudolph, baby? Get him in there. Do you think he likes Rudolph? Like they have really to. Likes- I don't know why they keep him around. They have to. Or they must be afraid. Rudolph has dirt. Yeah, (laughs) that too. If we keep, if, you know, if a lion chases after you, you don't need to be the fastest. You just need to not be the slowest. If you play Miles Garrett twice per year, it doesn't really matter who you are unless if Mason Rudolph is on the team because he's like a Miles Garrett magnet. So you keep Miles Garrett as sort of the decoy, absorb all the blows. And then, yeah, I think that's what they're doing. But, yeah, I don't know what the Steelers are doing um, except for possibly throwing the season, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, Jake, one of the most popular segments from last week I'm so was, just, was just naming players <laughs> and just feeling good about it. Um, one that really connected with some people was Jake Plummer. And I invite you all again, we're, we're just going to start looking through names. I have a couple written down, but I'm just going to explore and we're just going to soak this in. I think this is going to be the rest of the show. We're just going to feel good and name some names. But if you have some names we haven't named or tell us the name that really connected with you, comment this at the bottom of the video. If you're watching on YouTube, again, Flurry Sport, or YouTube.com slash Flurry Sports, or leave us a five-star review of just a player name that felt good. Last week was Jake Plummer. This week, who knows who's going to be specifically, but let me start off, Jake, with a running back that really, I just typed in 2011 rushing leaders, and this one really, it unlocks something in me. Beanie Wells. No. Where is Beanie Wells? That's unbelievable. Why? Who was he, who was he in the backfield with? He was like a combo piece, right? For 
the Cardinals. Yeah, he must have been. Let me look. I can just click here. On the Cardinals, he was with. Why don't they have the stats? Player stats. Rushing. Oh, they don't have it. Keep talking. I'll figure it out. All right. Well, here's what I think about when I think about Wells. I think of the Kurt Warner Cardinals, which is awesome. What a time to like feel about that. Uh, Dansby from the Cardinals. Yeah. Is a name. Um, his quarterback, Jake. First off, one of them was Brian Hoyer. They had four starting quarterbacks in 2012. Here's one. Kevin Cobb. <laughs> Remember Kevin Cobb? He was like the chosen one for a second. Oh, a split second. I've yeah. got a running back too, Zach, and I don't know if this is too big a name. I don't think so because this was the one. I was like trying to think of him last week, and I was like, what is this feeling that I can't name? And that feeling, Zach, is Darren Sproles. <laughs> I do like Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles was – he was great. He was Elvin Kamara before Elvin Kamara. Think of Darren Sproles coming into the game after Reggie Bush or after LaDainian Tomlinson. Like that feeling of like, he's pretty good. Well, Darren Sproles is interesting because it's like, who is – what sh- Darren Sproles was your favorite? Because you just named the Chargers one, the Saints one. I like the Eagles, Darren Sproles. He was great with the Eagles, too. There's something special about him in New Orleans just because everyone kind of liked him more than Reggie. That was kind of fun. Um, Beanie Wells split the backfield with Tim Hightower. I knew it. As soon as you said it, I was like, he's a duo guy. He definitely yeah. had someone else in the because I remember fantasy. That like was where it took me. Was like, do I want Wells or do I want Hightower? That's where my brain went like right away. This is one you'll like too because he was, and we can connect it. Another former Cardinals running back, but he was also a former Steelers running back. I think at the time you were cheering for the Steelers, Rashard Mendenhall. <laughs> I that's one. I don't think I ever forgot him just because I was a Steelers <laughs> kid. So, like, he's like a Mon Green in my brain. Fair. He's really good. How about this one, Zach? Ted Ginn Jr. <laughs> Ted Ginn Jr. So fast. No one can touch him. The other Devin Hester. Remember his career resurgence with Cam Newton for a second? Yeah. He was when great. they were like, please do something besides return kicks. Yeah. We just need Kelvin Benjamin's going to, like, freak everybody else, else out. And then you can just run right past him. Well, here, the, the nice part about Ted Ginn Jr. was he did have a little Cordero Patterson ever because he played forever because he was just so fast. So it's just yeah. like, oh, my God, Ted Ginn's here. TGJ, <laughs> what are you doing on this team? Uh, here's one I wrote down this week. And I can't tell you, thinking of this player in the middle of the week makes your week. And that is... Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. Green Ellis. A law firm. Let's go. He is awesome. I love me some Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. He was like the talk of the town for a little bit. Yes. He was one of those. Oh, God. He's got a Twitter. The law firm, BJGE. Let's just see what he's up to. Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. The official account. He does not tweet. He hasn't tweeted since. <laughs> He hasn't tweeted since 2016, and then his tweet before that was in 2014. 14, it's just random letters. He just typed out random letters and tweeted it. So, love me some Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Miss ya. Yeah, he was um, 
oh, he was like part of the original like committee for the Patriots. Yeah, he's the hammer. He was another, the hammer. Another guy, part of a committee for a little bit, Ahmad Brash, Bradshaw. I think I might have named him last week, but I don't. He doesn't even come to mind when you say it for me. Oh, he was a Super Bowl Giants running back. Oh, with with Jacobs. Jacobs, <laughs> who haunts me as a Packers <laughs> fan. Oh my God! Listen, to, this is unbelievable, Jake. This makes me so Roy Halu. <laughs> no, Halu. <laughs> What a guy! He's he. You can count on him to get you 500 yards per year, for sure. Talking about old reliable Zach, this guy was a specific like era for a team. Kellen Winslow Jr. Very good, very good. Was he with the Chargers before the before Antonio Gates? Um. Same time, I believe alongside. Uh, apparently, he's a criminal now, but it's uh, <laughs> not a good guy. Okay, well, you didn't know that, but he um, very much not a Chargers guy. Uh, <laughs> he never oh, played with him. Oh, just his dad did. Yeah, way before Antonio Gates, though. Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Antonio Gates played for a long time. Maybe there was some overlap. Um, but Browns to Buccaneers. I remember Buccaneers, Kellen Winslow Jr. Yeah, I don't remember Browns, I don't think. I mean, just two terrible teams. Yeah. Because yeah. he's with the Bucs from 2010 to 2012. Um, sure. So late 2000s Browns. Um, other one I had here, Zach, Manti Teo. <laughs> I only know him because of that new documentary that came out. That just here's what out. makes me nostalgic about Monte Teo. Remember how he played football? Like what not the girlfriend thing. Just remember him. <laughs> He's good. In people for the like him on the Irish was like a, a moment for me. I don't know. Like that was when Notre Dame felt right. You know. Well, people forget he was a good football player. Like that's a really good football. He was also Captain America. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, the whole thing came out because of the Heisman ceremony. Like that he was a part yeah. of that. That's how good he was as a linebacker. Here's a running back, Jake, that was in the NFC North that you may have forgot about. Toby Gearhart. How could I forget? <laughs> Toby. Oh, little meatball. Toby Gearhart. The last white running back, except for maybe Rex Burkhead or Danny Woodhead. And still Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Forget about him. Still trying to make his legs work. I got one more name, Zach. I don't know if this is going to hit you the way it hit me. Okay. But like, just a scourge in the NFC North. And it's like, I just remember him. Picture this, Zach. You're running down the field. And the fist comes right towards where the ball is. Oh my God, it's Charles Tillman. <laughs> yeah. Love Charles Tillman. He was just a boxer in football pads. <laughs> That's what he was such a specific like thing. Like yeah. the, I, the reason he came up is I like looked up 2016 defensive player of the year. He finished third in voting that year. Wow. <laughs> just, he caused good. so many fumbles. P- 
people can figure out how to, you know, high and tight, baby. <laughs> yes, get away from him. Um, here's a wide receiver who destroyed a lot of people's fantasy teams. Jeremy Macklin. Mm-hmm. Forgot about him. Um, Brandon Lloyd. Eric Decker. <laughs> Eric Decker, Eric Decker is a great one. Remember that time Eric Decker hit the ball to himself? Yes, yeah, I do. Great play. Um, ooh, CJ Spiller. Oh, love CJ Spiller. I've got an interesting one for you. Okay. Okay. You're gonna react weird at this to first, but give me a second because Marshawn Lynch, but specifically. Buffalo. Yeah, Bills Marshawn. That was, it feels like a lifetime ago. That is, I I barely have a memory of it. The Batman to Fred Jackson's Robin? Fred Jackson, man. I'm not sure if there's a more beloved time in running back history to me than having Fred Jackson and Matt Forte as my fantasy football running backs. Forte is a great one. That's just Matt a picture. Is a great one. Oh. Both of them. Love them. Here's, ooh, this is another good guy for fantasy because you can play him at two positions. Dexter McCluster. <laughs> I, for me, that's, I had DeMarco Murray and Jamal Charles one year. Yeah. And that was yeah. like, ooh. Ooh. Dallas running back. You think of a Dallas, an older Dallas running back from like our childhood. You probably think of like DeMarco Murray. Yeah. What about before DeMarco Murray? Felix Jones. <laughs> Remember Pac-Man Jones? I do. How could I forget? He's in the news every other day for a new arrest. <laughs> true. All right. Let's get one more name each. Okay. Big finish. Okay. i got to get a good one here. Do you have one or no? No, I'm thinking, give me a – should I go defense? I should probably go defense. I'm going to go defense. I'm going to look at defense in a second, but I got one, and this guy has tremendous calves. That's about all I remember about him. Amazing calves. Okay. Jaquiz Rogers. <laughs> he did have great calves. Yeah. Awesome calves, yeah. The kind you dream about. Um, okay, I'm gonna go to the year 2012. Seeing all the, I what I do is I go to the years where JJ Watt won Defensive Player of the Year and just see who he beat. It's usually yeah. my strategy because there's yeah. always some good ones in there. Um, Luke Keekly is borderline there for me. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh my no, that's <laughs> so interesting. Six votes for NFL Rookie of the Year in 2012. It's Green Bay cornerback Casey Hayward. Really? <laughs> He's still playing. Falcons guy. That's, That's pretty, pretty cool. Um, I went to 2011 just looking at defensive players right now. I, I forget about Chad Greenway. Great player. What about What about – Brian Cushing. Brian Cushing's great. Brian Cushing's great. How's this for this is gross to me? Okay. okay. Tell this doesn't feel like a year. The year's 2012. Okay. Mm-hmm. The MVP. Is that is that right? No, that can't be right. This site's got it wrong. This site's telling me the MVP in 2012 was 
Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Wow. What a time. <laughs> uh, I forgot a running back could win MVP. Uh, he beat Payne Manning of the Broncos, mm -hmm. which that feels like a weird overlap. Okay. Yes, uh, fourth in MVP voting that year, Calvin Johnson. Weird. J.J. Yeah. Watt's Defensive Player of the Year. Von Miller's runner-up. <laughs> RG3 like is the Rookie of the Year. Second is Andrew Luck. And third is Russell Wilson. Weird. Defensive Rookie of the Year is Luke Keekley. <laughs> right behind him is Bobby Wagner. Good draft Which class. One won the draft class, but Bobby Wagner can't be a rookie the year that J.J. Watt wins Defensive Player of the Year. It feels like they're the same like generation to me. It does. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, couple other defensive players here. Where was the oh? I'm not sure if this will hit for you, but it really hits for me. John Abraham. John Abraham's really, really good. By the way, 2012, same year where Bruce Arians replaced Chuck Pagano. In Indy. <laughs> Interesting. Chuck Strong. Um, what about Tom Bahali? Fully Ooh. black visor. Love that one. Love that one a lot. Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis. We named that him last time. I like him. Okay, Here's well, someone I, like don't, I, almost, I don't remember him. Like, I know who he is. I've watched him play, but I would never have named him as a player ever. He was third in sacks in 2011 for the Eagles, Jason Babin. Jason Babin's good. I, this is my last one. I've got an either or for you because I have an interesting – which one of these tight ends makes you feel a little bit something more? Eric Ebron okay. or Zach Miller? Zach Miller for sure. Rest in peace. Yeah, I was gonna say, where do you feel it? Right in your hip? That's, that's where I feel it. Here's the one I'm gonna go out on, and it's another defensive player. Osi Uminyora. There it is. I remember that jersey. <laughs> it was just full of letters. Looked like it would be what got the white kids out at the spelling bee. Yes, 100 percent what is there any, <laughs> anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, I don't think so. I think that was everything we need to talk about this week. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Next week, playoff baseball. I'm excited. Uh, do we want to plug anything? Any ads we want to throw on here at the end of the show? Like a good, like a good show does. Really quick. Oh, first off, go to floridasports.org slash yum to get the most affordable meal kit on the market with every plate. Super good, really good recipes every single week. You can claim the recipes, get some really good food, or you can skip it and look ahead to next week. There's like a full month ahead of menus you can look at. Um, speaking of baseball really quick, since it does begin next week, Jake, give me one team to cheer for. Who do you think I should cheer for on the National League side? Because American League, we know who's going to win it. We know who the team is. We know who the baby faces are. Everyone's behind the Astros. We're Houston strong. Houston, everyone else has a problem because the Astros are here to play. But National National League, what, who's a team you think I would enjoy cheering for? You would enjoy cheering. Um, 
I think for you, I don't think you'd be in on the Mets because I don't think you want the the kind of like kind of Cinderella esque almost. Because now they're a wild card team, they're probably going to almost be like the underdogs. Like, okay. don't choke. Don't think that's a U team. I'm going to go sec for. I think you want to cheer for the Dodgers. Couple reasons. One, they're really good. Always cheer for a winner. That's yep. that's good. Two, everyone else loves them. That's what you want in on, right? You would, everyone wants the Dodgers to lose, and they don't know why. So you can just rest on. Hey, we're the best. What do you want? They're the, the best team in baseball by like ten games this year. I think I speak for fans everywhere when I say. We need a Dodgers-Astros World Series. I think that's what everyone needs. We need a feel-good story. We need something that we, you know, we need someone to come out of the shadows and really take the trophy because we need something to feel good about. We need a hard-earned, worked-for winner. And I think the Dodgers and the Astros give us that. Here's why I need you cheering for the Dodgers, though, because if we somehow get Dodgers-Braves, and that reminder, the big thing of that is Freddie Freeman, who played it for the Braves oh, for yeah. like 10 years now, plays for the Dodgers, and he was so sad about it, he fired his agent. You'd be you're the one guy. I need your voice of like F you Braves. I need your like anti-Braves things of like, no, Freddie Freeman's in the right. Everyone else is gonna be like, screw you, Freddie, for leaving. Not you. I need you on team. The chop sucks, and the Dodgers are the good guys. He saw the light. He got out of that racist franchise to a winner in L.A. He He's it. He's in, you know, La La Land, Jake. He, he has finally made it. He has finally gone to where someone will appreciate him, I think. And that is the Dodgers. Yeah. Storyline, by the way, give me Guardians Braves. One team. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me one team that very regretfully changed their mascot and one team that very shamelessly won't get rid of it. God. Do, do the Guardians have any fans? Because how yeah, could you cheer for that? How? That logo sucks. And the name sucks. It's so bad. We're the problem. We don't, we've talked about this before. Fans got to cut them some slack. It is a bad mascot. I like the name. I don't know. I don't know. Like, Go guards. You know, the only thing, only thing worse than the Guardians is the Commanders, which sucks. Do something better there too. It's horrible. Washington Commanders. Who cares? Not good. It could have been the gridlock, which is just so funny on like a lot of levels. I saw that. I I would have been man bear pigs. Like we talked about, that man, man, pigs would have been so good. I love that a lot. I there, there are so many options, and Braves, by the way, pick any of them. Atlanta's got a ton of good. There, you can do like the sweet honeybees. Like, there's so many southern things you can do. Coke is from uh, Atlanta, so they could do the Atlanta Cokeheads, and also a lot of crack is smoked in Atlanta. Sherman's ghost. That's kind of funny. <laughs> that is good. Yeah, there's so many good ones. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to keep the tomahawk chop because they do it though too, right? Yeah, they do. Love it. I love it. I love a good racist chant. Uh, that's what we'll leave us on here. <laughs> <laughs> so again, share the show, uh, comment, or leave a five-star review of a nostalgic NFL player. 
we need it. We need some good ones. We'll read them on the podcast if you do so. You can tweet them at Flurry Sports Pod on Twitter as well. Share the show, like the show, and check out all of the other shows in the Flurry Sports universe. We're talking about the Playing Catch Up Pod, the I Don't Think So podcast, Lombardi Sweep, or if you want to take a trip down memory lane and listen to some past or follow the journey I took really during the USFL season with now USFL champion Jordan McRae, you can listen to Inside the USFL. That is another good show. But until then, we will be back next Tuesday again. We are recording this Monday nights, publishing on Tuesday. And next week, we may have a good video for you to watch. We may be in studio, in person. The rundown's going to be electric. You will not want to miss it. We'll see you then. Pain Hills. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.